Hey everyone, happy holidays from the DFWTO podcast and our sponsor, Diet Smoke. Diet Smoke has the premier THC products that will set you up this festive season. Whether it's gummies, shots, and vapes, Diet Smoke has the best selection to deliver the best balance. So do your silent night, deadly night the right way and go to dietsmoke.com and use code DFWTO for 50% off any item. Diet Smoke, your partner in finding the perfect THC products. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, it's Casper. And Becky. From the DFWTO podcast, and it's that time of year again. Garbage day? No, it's time for the holidays, and whether you're ready for turkey day or Santa, don't let this year be a killer. Being alone or even with family can both be stressful around this time, so let BetterHelp be that oh holy light to guide you. BetterHelp will connect you with a licensed therapist that you can switch at any time if you are unsatisfied. The choice is yours. Don't let the holidays be a horror. Go to BetterHelp.com slash DFWTO and save 10% off your first month. Sign up now at BetterHelp.com slash DFWTO. Happy, Happy holidays from, from Don't Fuck With The original. original. Now let's get into the episode. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. And I am your host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. And guys, we are back this week. We are officially back. We had our little break. Um, I got Chucky socks last week. I (laughs) had a lot of dental work. (laughs) Oh, I don't need (laughs) dental work. It sucked. Actually, no, that was two weeks ago. That was the week before we had to do everything. Um, Tiana, you're, you're, poor, all, you're poor fucking teeth, I had my hands all screwed up. Yeah, and I have to get Yeah, because Christmas is on su- su- Monday. It, what Somehow. day? Something? Sun, sun, Monday. And it's going to be 60 degrees, the fuck? I have no idea what's happening. I have no idea what's happening. Global warming isn't real, my ass. But, you know, whatever. It was literally the real feel of 15 with 30 mile per hour wind gusts the other day. And then Monday on Christmas, it's going to be 60. And then Christmas, it's going to be 60 degrees. That's a very strange. Yeah, and then it's just going to get, like, cold. (laughs) We're going to have these just, like, weird moments of just cold after that. Well... The weather doesn't know what it wants no, to do. No, so. no idea. So we just you just go with it. You just you just look outside and you go, "What's it doing?" No, or you go, mm, "Maybe." It's yeah. It's either it's one or, it's one of those two. It's either no or I'll think about it. Alex was going to go to the store till it's on absolute Monday. desperation, and you have to. And then she looked outside and saw the squall. She was like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, she'd never apparently heard of a snow squall. And I was like, what it's doing right now, that's a snow squall. And she's like, well, I don't want to go anywhere. I said, no, you don't, because it's a very quick as it came wide out, and you can't see, and then you're fucked. And then it goes away. And then the sun will come out. <laughs> yeah. I'm mean, very strange. I'm so glad I didn't. There Same. wasn't anywhere for us to go or anything that we desperately needed. 
Monday that... Oh, yeah, we did not leave. Yeah, I, I work at home. My husband did not work far. And by the time he got home, everything was okay. So, like, it was just... But it was just... Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was literally... It was definitely one of those days where I thanked baby Jesus on his birthday that... Uh, <laughs> I thanked baby Jesus on his birthday that I did not have to drive to an office or drive to a job and send prayers to everybody else that did have to, it that is, I did not have to do that. You know, when people are like, you'll get bored of working at home because oh, you're going to miss people. And I'm like, I have never been happier. Also, my coworkers are cats. So. Those people that say that, it's like, do you think I'm a literal mole person? And I never, like, I know people personally that are like that. Like, they get everything delivered, even their groceries. They do not leave their house. I, I will lose my fucking mind. I, if I cannot did that. be that type of person. No. I mean, my home is my sanctuary. I love being at home. But, like, I, I need to get, I don't, I mean, like, kind of. On the bare minimum of socializing, but just get out of the house. Like, I'm not a full mole person. Mm -hmm. Like, I have to have... I do like to see some, the sun, sunlight occasionally. Yeah, I need some sunlight and occasional human interaction, but on, on a bare minimum. You can keep it at a minimum. But yeah, like, no, to be completely you don't get, honest with I don't you, get bored. If I go out at least once or twice a week, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. That's okay. I've had my, I've had my fill. This weekend, though, I fucked up, and we, me and my fiancé fucked up and didn't realize that our grocery week was landing on tomorrow. So we have to do that. And then Friday, because I haven't really had a chance, I get to go shopping for her for Christmas on Friday. Yeah. Friday, the 22nd. And I used to always make fun of we people. We will be working, and then nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and praying for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we actually got Friday paid off for Christmas or for work. So I was like, I'll go Friday. It's gonna be very hard not to have my emotional support human with me because I'm buying for her, so I can't bring her with me. And then one of my friends might be coming with me, but she's had a really rough week, so she might not. So I might be toughing this out alone. And you know what? I'm gonna get a coffee. I'm going to gear the fuck up, say a couple prayers, do some saging, and just fucking go. That's one of those where I do that. Like, I get a coffee and thank God for my earbuds. And I can just zone everything out and, and focus on what I need to do and the task at hand. Like, that's when my, that's when my uh, special neuro neurodivergent power kicks in. And I can just, like, focus on the podcast or music or whatever I'm listening to and just blur out everything else and just hyper-focus in on what I need to get done. It's it's literally the only way I can do it. That's what I should do. My dad's like, isn't that a distraction? I'm like... Everybody else is a distraction. No. <laughs> That's what I was... I'm like... No, the outside world is the distraction. This is what's blocking the distraction out. This is where I get to use my superpower. <laughs> like <laughs> this is awesome. Like this is this is when it's this is when it's good to have <laughs> right. 
Like, this is one of those moments where it's actually good to have it. Like, it's so, oh, I love it. Like, I I literally wouldn't have it any other way. It's it's freaking awesome. This is the if one, that helps, yeah. I might I might do that. If we'll it helps see. at all. Because that's how I feel. Like, it's, it's one of the reasons why everyone always told me, like, listen to music when you drive or listen to music when you do mouth tests or any kind of tests. Because what happens is, is my brain is able to focus. Mm-hmm. Because that's not going 17,000 different directions. I always had to have, like, music or something on in the background when I would study. Oh, yeah. Or something. Yeah, I can't. Or people used to look at me weird when they were like, how can you read with a TV on? Now or that in a I crowded can't do. place or in. I can't do that. I can't. I don't know what it is. And it seems like the older I've gotten, it's gotten worse. Like, where I can't focus if there's silence i don't i i don't like silence like, honestly i think i don't know just... it's a it's a it's a strange i i don't know what it, i don't i i mean i know what it is that i'm gonna keep to myself because that's my business and like i know what it is but i but and then and then i don't know what it is if that makes sense i think I mine will for reading i can't have distractions because I don't like to read. So mm. I, I genuinely can't have anything in the background while I'm reading a book because I will not be able to focus on the yeah. book because okay, I well, don't that, like to read. That totally makes sense. Cause I anything else read. I need background. Like when I work, I have my Spotify right next to me all day, every day because oh, yeah, I have to, I, I have, have to. something. Otherwise oh, it's dead no quiet. My ears are ringing and yeah. I, I can't, I can't, my inner thoughts take over. I thought you were going to say thighs. My inner and thighs that also too. take over. And that too. And it's <laughs> both cause all types of havoc. And <laughs> You can't see my face right now, but I look like Mr. Bean. Um, <laughs> yeah, my I do. I have that, like, hey, remember that one time when that most traumatic, awful thing ever happened to you? Let's. Think about that right now, this second. It's like, I hate my brain. My brain likes <laughs> to do that at 4.30 in the morning after I pee. And then it's like, oh, we need to think about this and make it really hard for you to go back to sleep. <laughs> it happened to me the other My brain's like, trauma demons. Boom. Where's your social security card? I don't fucking care right now. I don't care. It's four in the morning. I would like to go back to sleep, please. Now, if that demon pops up, I'll be like, I and my mother and my grandmother, and it's in the most important place where I keep all my other documents. It's in my Bible. Okay? So. <laughs> and then your brain's like, where's your Bible? I know where my Bible is. <laughs> And then there's always close at hand, baby. And then there's my fucking brain who wakes up at 3 a.m. at my old apartment and goes, that charger for your uh, for your Beats headphones. Where is that? Oh, yeah. Fuck all. I'm like, I don't need to. And then I I know where my Bible is, but don't you dare ask me where no charger for anything is if it's not in my immediate eyesight. I was like, it doesn't matter. It's in a matter. closet somewhere. That's where it is. I had to get up and get and look for it. I'm sorry. It was okay. It only took me 15 minutes. Okay. Still. Listen, anything that you, anytime you have to start a sentence with, I had to get up. It's like, 
Say no more. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you had to get up for anything? I'm so sorry. <laughs> that is literally you the know, worst thing to ever have to do. It's my, I just, you know, it's just the fucking, it's. <laughs> I had to get up. Oh my God. Say no more, fam. Like, I don't mind getting up to pee, but. Oh yeah, you have to do that. Number one or number two, you have to get up. Like otherwise, you're you're a disgusting. Sandwich. If I'm going like, number two at night, it's not good. Oh no, I'm sick. I'm sick if I'm going number I'm, two at night. That's a whole nother demon. <laughs> We're not I'm, even going to talk. That's a lot We're of exercise. Not even going to talk about like that's that's a whole. That's. Mm -mm. I must have been absolutely fucking dead last night though, because every time my fiance fiance <laughs> got out of bed, I didn't hear it. I thought she had slept all night. She had apparently gotten up like four times, and I'm like, one time, my guy was actually dead. I can laugh about this because it's actually hysterical. One time, my husband did not hear me get out of bed, and he got up. And because he is a literal ninja samurai in another life, and he makes no footsteps whatsoever at all, and just comes out of the dark randomly. He gave me and the cat an absolute heart attack because there's like a whole routine now with the cat because that's all of a sudden when you get up to pee, that's when she wants to be the most lovingest precious angel and purr so loud. She sounds like a cheetah and a lion combined. And uh, so it's a whole routine of like, put my glasses on, I get up to pee, <laughs> da, da da wash hands. Hi, Abby. Okay, I love you. I love one of you. Okay. All right, let's go see. You have you have food. Okay, you're good. And then I go back to bed. It's a whole routine. So I'm petting her, and then all of a sudden coming out of the darkness is my husband. And I'm, I made some inhuman noise, and the fucking cat just was... Parkour! Parkour! Like, all over the living room and then down the hallway into the darkness. So wherever... And she's, she's a black cat, so she's in the void somewhere. She's gone. If you have a black cat, you understand what I'm saying. Yes. If they run off in the dark, They're gone. they are gone forever. They are in another dimension. And all of a sudden, he looks at me crazy. Like, did you... This is what he... He's like, did you get out of bed? I'm like, okay, listen... If somebody else is in that bed back there, I need you to tell me. Right I'm gonna need you to tell me right now. Right, we're not playing these games. Because we're I'm not. Calling the we're not playing. And we're we're leaving. And as soon as we open that door, the cat will pop out of somewhere. So, and he's like, "No, I just you're out here, and I didn't hear you get out of bed." And I'm like, "Well, I'm, that I'm pretty sure." I got out of bed. <laughs> I did that to Alex once. This is like a whole conversation at like 2.30 in the morning, by the way. I literally did that to Alex, though. There was one morning she went to pee and she didn't hear me get up. So I got up and as I was walking into the kitchen, she saw me and all she could muster was, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I probably made <laughs> some type of noise close to that. Because it was inhuman. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was just, yeah, it's whatever noise you make when you think your spirit is going to jump out of your body. 
your whole spirit just leaves your there that used to be a vine for a minute where your spirit just leaves your body it's straight up that scene in doctor strange you're just like it's gone right it's gone just some ancient person <laughs> or no the fucking ghost or whatever or something your significant other popping out of nowhere it's scaring you <laughs> completely right. unintentionally like and she's done it to me too it's like oh she's like how did you not know i was here i'm like because i didn't hear anything <laughs> it's that fucking quiet and you move like a fucking i mean i am half deaf in one ear but like what seriously <laughs> but like seriously he moves like I, I, do, I, I don't it one day when I understand that. He was all of a sudden fucking right there. And you're just like, ah! Like, it's the, the butler in, um... What the fuck was that Adam Sandler movie? I know what you're talking about. We'll come back to it. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Because it's John Turturro, and I love him. And that was like... You would just... Ah! And he was like right there. What the fuck? I will, we'll come back to it. Or it's like, hey, Arnold. Winona Ryder was in that. Who was the... Oh, Every time she, and he oh my god, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, Arnold. Anyway, so you guys, tonight we are going to be discussing the story that inspired the first ever slasher film, Black Christmas. Um, I thought this would be a nice little, you know, we've, we've done a whole episode about uh, Black Christmas. This was around the time that we saw the what would have been the second remake of the original. Um, the first one was in 2006. We talked about that as well. Um, I think from, cause I rarely, if ever go back and listen to episodes. Um, I think you and I both pretty much agreed that the newest one was okay, but definitely didn't, could have just been its own movie. It wasn't Black Christmas to me. Yeah. I honestly didn't really care for and it. And now that I look back on it, I'm just like, ooh, you know what? I really don't think I liked that movie. Like, I don't all. think like, I'll ever watch it again. <coughs> yeah, it was definitely Not to mention, those. apparently Mackenzie Davis is in every film I cannot stand. I don't understand what's no. happening with this. And she was in uh, The Turning. And Happiest Season. That you said, please don't even bother. I saw somebody who is not straight post that they watch that movie every year. And I said, how the fuck do you do that? The whole movie, I was so fucking aggravated that I couldn't even enjoy it. I'm okay. I just uh, have to use my inhaler, guys. I'm totally fine. I couldn't figure out what you were I doing. I am newly, I am newly going, I'm, I'm. Going into my 40s with asthma, so that's wonderful. Nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Mackenzie Davis is in the newest Black Christmas. She's in The Turning. She's in Happiest Season. And I literally was like, are you just in all of the movies I don't like? And is, that's why, is that why I'm creating a bias against her? I totally forgot that she was in that remake of Black Christmas. I think a lot of that movie I just kind of blacked out. Yeah, I did too. I saw somebody I like it random for you randomly on my TikTok for you page. There was like a clip of the movie popped up and I was like, I forgot. Oh. I'm gonna be straight up. I haven't seen it since we watched it in the theater together. It's in twenty nineteen. I think there's just some movies and that's on the list that it's like, yeah, I'm one and done. I'm good. Worth once, but 
That's yeah. it. I'm never watching this again. So, um, we got, uh, thanks to Miss Becky, we have a couple um, articles to read. Um, this one is Black Christmas and the True Story that inspired the first slasher film. This is by Riley Pressnell. And this was the pub the published is the pasta published December fifth of twenty twenty two. There is a TikTok, I think I've shown it to you, of this little girl that looks like she's an adult, but she's also like five at the same time, and she just really wants pasta. And she's like, pasta. And it's yes. the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen. But anyway. So the 1974 cult classic Black Christmas, directed by Bob Clark, has captivated horror fans for decades and spawned two remakes since it was released. It still cracks me up that that is the same man that directed A Christmas Story. You know... You know, and when you randomly drop that on people, they're like, huh? And I'm just like, yeah. Have a nice day. <laughs> it's like when you're when you're at a party and all you know is random shit about serial killers and horror films horror films yeah. and people are like i don't know what you're talking about Been that weirdo like, since high school where's the dog so <laughs> you have a dog and or cat and or anything that is not human that i can interact with right now <laughs> do you have a llama do you have a horse do you have a pig any literal four-footed i'll take a plant at this point right I, me and just... this plant will have rendezvous so Black Christmas paved the way for movies like Halloween and set the tone for slasher tropes everywhere, which is actually interesting if you don't know this. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is actually listed as the first slasher movie ever made. It actually isn't. It is, in fact, Black Christmas. Because um, I thought that for the longest time. I thought it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it's actually not. It's Black Christmas. A fun fact if you did not know that. One thing that sets this iconic slasher above the rest is its roots in a popular urban legend as well as a real-life murderer. That's right, all you true crime lovers. Black Christmas is based on a real true-life crime story that took place in Canada. So, you guys know what Black Christmas is about. Just to give you a rundown, it's about a group of sorority girls during Christmas break who start receiving threatening phone calls. Uh, the threats turn into physical acts of violence as the women try to figure out who the killer is and where he's hiding. As the women are picked off one by one, they soon discover that he's inside the house with them. Sound familiar? The killer is outside the house. Mm -hmm. That's because one of the inspirations for the script, written by Ray Moore, comes from the urban legend, The Babysitter and the Man Upstairs. And then that spawned the movie When a Stranger Calls. Well, and then the remake in 2006 actually takes on an even more, I don't, I don't know what you want to call it, <laughs> crazy turn where we actually do so... He is introduced as Billy in the original 1974 version, but now in the 2006 version, we have an entire demented backstory about about Billy. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like. Is it four or six that it came I out? That was 2006. Is it six? Yeah. Um, why that version I love so much because I love I love backstories of killers. It's so much more fascinating to understand why they are the way they are. Yeah, it was 2006. I think, six. Um... <clears throat> and it's it's definitely way more violent and fucked up. But I, it's one of my staples every year that I watch. I watch oh, that too. one, uh, the for sixth sure. version. And it's and I'm oh, great. just for everybody. It's on. Um, both of them are on Tubi. Both the original and the 2006 versions are on Tubi. So you can do like I did the other day and watch them back to back. Listen, let's get real. I'm a fucking lesbian. <clears throat> There's a lot of hot girls in the 20, 2006 one. I'm just saying. I love the. It's There's something about the 2006 one because it's like there, there's everybody. 
And it, I'm like, why is Katie Cassidy in every single Michelle Trachtenberg? Michelle Trachtenberg. Oh yeah, and Katie Cassidy. Excuse me, Katie. I love Katie Cassidy. When she popped up in that one, and then the night, like right after that, was Nightmare on Elm Street. I was like, bitch, what? Why are you doing all of the horror remakes? I mean, I'm not complaining. Wasn't she in Freddy vs. Jason too? No. Oh okay. No, I thought she. She was not in that one. Was she in Friday the Thirteenth? No. Okay. No. No. Katie, I try to block that movie out as well. It's not but good. Katie Cassidy no. and Brittany Snow are very, to me, like, so good in horror movies, but they're so randomly chosen. Truth or Dare is incredible. Oh my god, Truth or Dare is fucked has, up. Anybody who has never seen it, whoo boy, you are doing yourself a disservice. That is one of those movies where the end is so satisfying you're like, I want to watch this movie all over again right now. Right. Like, you watch the ending and then you want to turn around and watch it again. Because the ending is just like, oh, this this was... <laughs> this, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> this this is incredible. You, you are you truly doing yourself a disservice if you've never if you've never seen it. If the only movie, if the only horror film you saw her in was Prom Night, I'm so sorry. You need to just turn around and watch Truth or Dare and act like... <laughs> Prom night didn't happen. That was not a good. That was not a good remake. It 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 wasn't. Um. So anyway, Moore initially wrote the screenplay with the title "Stop Me" and used inspiration from the urban legend to form the plot of Black Christmas. The urban legend originally written in the 1960s became very popular in the 70s and featured a babysitter being harassed by phone calls from a stranger. In the urban legend, the creepy caller repeatedly tells the babysitter to check the children making the babysitter unsettled enough to call the police. The babysitter keeps the stranger on the phone long enough to be traced where they find out the stranger is hidden in the house. Moore used the basis of this urban legend to build a plot and storyline of his own to send chills, chills down the viewer's spine. Which is funny because the actual plot of a, when a stranger calls is literally that. <clears throat> um, even, more, yeah. even more chilling Black Christmas is also based on... Oh, would you rather? I am so sorry. I thought What'd that. you say? I said truth or dare. That movie's not. Oh, good. that movie. That was with <coughs> Lucy Hale. That movie's not good. She's hot. Movie's not good. Yes. Would you rather? There you go. I completely watch. Would you rather? Do yeah. not watch Truth or Dare. If you want to watch go. Truth or Dare, I mean, if you it want is to, actually a good film, but the ending ahead. will piss you off. Uh, yeah. Okay. You're right. I, it's yeah. I don't want to overall say it's bad. When the, the movie's actually was, not too bad. It's just the ending. The ending. Mm-mm. That and I. I think. Yeah. I think that's what immediately. I'm just like. <clears throat> because <laughs> in the whole movie you're just done. like yeah um and even more chilling than black christmas is also based around the true events that happened in west mount montreal in november of 1943 the real life crime was that of george webster a 14 year old boy who bludgeoned his mother to death with a baseball in their family home sound familiar oh six black christmas watchers he used a rolling pin <clears throat> right but still blood still beat beat her to death his brother, sister, and family friend also sustained head injuries from the bat, but did not die at the hands of George. A reason for the attacks was never described while he was deemed criminal, criminally responsible and charged with his mother's murder on February 28th of 1944. He was declared unfit to stand trial and transferred to a mental hospital. There was some speculation that this movie was inspired by the murders of Wayne Bowden, known as the Vampire Rapist, that took place in Montreal between the years of 69 and 71. In 2020, Nick Mancuso, the actor who played the killer in Black Christmas, confirmed with The Telegraph that it was George Webster's crimes that were actually the inspiration that Moore used. 
Already being rooted in true crime, Black Christmas was almost named Stop Me. The reasoning for this possible name was the reference of <laughs> William Hirons, a.k.a. the Lipstick Killer, who killed three women in Chicago between 45 and 46. Hirons wrote Stop Me in Lipstick at a crime scene, and the alias stuck for him that day forward. True crime podcast shows and movies are trending hard right now and have been for the last 10 years or so. Horror fans and true crime fans can rejoice this holiday season when they pop on Black Christmas to relax to the soothing sounds of an inspired by true events cult classic. <laughs> the only thing with um, <clears throat> William Hirons and Wayne Bowden that wouldn't make any sense to me in relation to the Billy character from Black Christmas is that both of them were serial murderers and rapists. They were, there was never anything that related them back to the the mother thing, which I think is, which I think was a really good MO to plant on Billy in the remake, as far as like what was driving him to murder. Um, just not only to get people out of his house, but also just this overall hatred of women because of what his mother did to him. Kind of a, almost an Ed Gain kind of thing, too. Um, just this very obsessive relationship. This, this, the, the, the like, the obsessiveness, the, the dysfunction of the relationship with the mother as being the, the catalyst of the whole thing. Um, so to get into the story of um, George Webster and the Webster family tragedy. This is an article from a blog with Coolopolis um, that was written on February 4th, 2012. Um, this is kind of the most uh, information I could get on this that was kind of compacted in I think in one of, the, one of the better articles when I was researching this. So Montreal's famous Webster family suffered a terrible moment in the early hours of November 17th, 1943, when George Webster, age 14, killed his mother, Wilhelmina Dawson McCreary Webster, with a baseball bat at their home at 18 Grenville Avenue, a posh home in Westmont, Montreal, just up from Murray Park. George attacked his mother, brother, sister, and, Sil and Sylvia Cust, 18, a family friend from Australia, who had been staying with the family in the maid's room downstairs for five weeks. Cust, who later moved to India, likely described the incident in a self-published 1990 autobiography. His brother, Andrew, a.k.a. Drew, age 8, survived, as did his sister, Mina, age 12, although both apparently required surgery. George craftily told the Australian cuss, come quickly, my mother is hurt, and then proceeded to slug her behind the head with a bat. She was dazed but called police. Perhaps it's worth noting that George's little brother got his father's name, not him. George had been acting unusually, according to his friends at Westmont High School, which was then located where Salwin House now stands. He had once been a piano champion, but had taken to skipping school and acting strangely, according to his friends. His father, Andrew, visited him in jail after the attack, which must have been an interesting conversation. Wilhelmina's parents had come to Montreal from Ireland. A coroner's jury deemed the teenager criminally responsible on December 3rd of that year, and young George was charged with murder. But on February 28th of 1944, he was declared unfit to stand trial and transferred to the Verdun Mental Hospital. The family likely had a 
baseball bat for jaunts at the nearby King George Park, also known as Murray Park. The Webster family is considered, or was at the time considered, one of Montreal's most successful business families and has had donated quite a bit of cash to the city in various forms. Drew, who survived the attack, is closely associated with the Montreal Rotary Club and appears to still be going strong. The family, now this was as of 2012 when the article was written, the family accomplishments began when Andrew Webster arrived in Quebec City in 1850 from Scotland. His son, Lauren Campbell Webster, grew his coal yard and expanded it over 200 companies. He died wealthy in 1941. He had a son named Colin and then had another son named Lauren. Uh, Lauren Webster, 1928 to 2004, was well known as a guy instrumental in bringing the Montreal Expos to town. Lauren liked to conduct his meetings in French, even though he couldn't speak it much. He liked the sport of racquetball, which is what I'm assuming, which I have gently mocked somewhere else on his site, coming from the person that wrote it, I'm sure. Lauren had accomplished, a, had an accomplished cousin named Norman, and his uncle Howard uh, was a majority owner of the Globe, oh, and the Daily Mail from 1955 to 1980. So they came from a pretty rich family. Um, and then this was an actual, this was from an article that Sylvia Cust had uh, when she was interviewed in Australia. Or she was interviewed, yeah. she was uh, No, this one was actually written in Canada, but she this is from her point of view of what happened. George Webster, 14, whom the police allege ran amok with a baseball bat, killing his mother and injuring other members of his family, is still being questioned by the police. The inquest on Mrs. Andrew Webster has been adjourned. The police said that George Webster was no longer dazed, but was cheerfully willing to talk about anything about anything but the murder. Mina Webster, 12, and Andrew Webster, 8, George's sister and brother, are still unconscious in hospital where they underwent operations. Miss Sylvia Cust, Australian friend of the Websters, who was also injured, is recovering, but she is extremely weak. The police inspector at Westmount, Westmount the fashionable Montreal suburb where the Websters live, said that Miss Cust told him that George Webster entered her bedroom, awakened her, and said, Mother is hurt. Miss Cuss alleged that the boy then, perceived, then produced a bat from behind his back and struck her, fracturing her left arm and inflicting several cuts about her head and eyes. He turned and left the room. Miss Cuss said she immediately phoned the police, who found her dazed beside the, beside the telephone. Yeah, so she was actually the one that called the police. So that was the one, that was the only one where I was able to get more information as far as like what type of relationship he had with his mother. Um, I couldn't find anything else that said if there was any, <clears throat> just that at the time, <clears throat> the only thing that was reported that at the time that the murders had happened, he seemed to be like what they call in a in a daze like he just didn't know what was going on and like I guess what they would have described back then is like something came over him and he just like wasn't himself and even though that there were these you know and it talked about in this this article that there were these precursors leading up to it that all of a sudden things that interested him at the time like playing piano and schoolwork and things like that all of a sudden he didn't care anymore he didn't want to play the piano 
He didn't want to do any school activities. He was actually skipping school and didn't want to be around any of his friends. So it's like, that could be, that's usually indicative of like drugs or some type of mental disturbance or something is going on because in certain instances, and again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist, but um, it is true that in certain instances that some, like schizophrenia has been known to be latent, like it doesn't, for some people it can come on much later. Um, there could be like some really huge traumatic event that can trigger it all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and obviously back then they didn't have any way, you know, they didn't have any drug tests or any way of telling if he was on drugs or doing anything like that at 14. Like, right. More than likely, it just sounds like it was either a psychotic break or there was something that was leading up to this that either is unknown at this point or something that was just never mentioned. You know, and he was basically deemed like something was mentally wrong with him. I would, I would, I would probably venture to say that would be true <laughs> if he is uh, doing that. But at the same time, it's like you said, it's like, you know, you, you never know. Well, it says here, this is from that same article that was written back in 1944. Um, when he was taken to the police station, um, he sat in silence throughout the day. He didn't say anything. Um, okay, so it says when he was found, the sergeant who found him was Thomas Beaton. And uh, George was in his room upstairs in a dazed condition. Again, he was found dazed. Uh, with the baseball bat lying near him. Um, he sat in silence throughout the day when he was brought to the police station. Uh, after the two doctors saw him, he ate uh, two sandwiches and a soft drink for lunch. And then later that afternoon, um, his father met him at the police station. The police declined to comment on the length of the meeting and what conversation took place, but it was known that the father only stayed for a short time. There was no indication that the boy sp spoke more than a few words. After school hours yesterday, groups of students entered the station to inquire about George or stood near the station talking. They moved quietly away when ordered to do so by police officers. Shortly before 6 p.m., the body of Mrs. Webster was released from the morgue and moved to the Chapel of Tees and Company, St. Luke and Tower Streets, where it was seen by members of the coroner's jury today. Coroner Richard Duckett said last night no official decisions had been reached regarding the inquest beyond agreement with police that it will prop that it would be opened this morning and probably adjourned pending further developments. Mrs. Webster, the former Mina Dawson McCreary, McCreary was the daughter of the late Mr. and Mrs. Fred McCreary. Well known as a songstress, she was one of the 400 choristers chosen to sing at the coronation ceremony of King George VI. The detained boy, which would be George, was a ninth grade student at Westmount Junior High School and winner of several awards as a pianist and at hobby shows and play the piano. Um, I think this was something we mentioned before that school officials refused to discuss 
to discuss him, but playmates said yesterday that the boy had been acting kind of funny lately and recalled that he had been punished twice within the past month or two for being absent from school without permission. A close friend of the detained boy said that he had been with him after school Tuesday until 6 p.m. selling Christmas cards. Young Webster, the friend said, frequently read mystery and murder stories. So again, that could be something that was totally sensationalized too. Like, who knows? Uh, it's hard to tell if that was just something that people just wanted to say to make up. Um, just to try to, again, try to make it look more sensationalized. Like, oh, he, you know, he read, or... um he read murder now. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I think it, it is something that's just interesting to know that all of a sudden he was like a normal kid. And then there was something that just like snapped and the first person he thought to go after was his mother. Yeah. So it just makes you wonder. Like and what, again, what there's was no... really going on in the house, you know? Yeah, and another article here says that I, he, I mean, he literally smashed in her skull. I feel like this, yeah, I mean, things you know, like that, to like death, he this didn't... is, this is, you are pissed. That's like those ones where they say where it's like multiple stab, multiple stab wounds or multiple blows to the head or multiple anything If you like do that something, is... just like hit somebody one time, stab somebody one time, that's something. But when it's... That's usually like a spur of the... I think those are typically the ones where they consider it manslaughter. Yeah. Um, where like it was just clearly an accident. Like a lot of those were... And again, don't get into street fights with people. You could literally just think you're punching somebody and all of a sudden they splat face to the ground and they smack their head on concrete and now you've killed somebody. Right. No. That can happen way easier than you think. So don't just... Don't do that. And kids do that shit too and it's stupid. But like, um, that's man... You know, that is clearly like, oh God, I did not mean to do that. But like, stabbing somebody 57 times... Seems like it was um, probably... You were, you were trying. Yeah, I think you like... I think you like really meant for this person to die. I think you got I them. I would say after stab 13, they were dead. Um, Probably. I'm they were like, sure I'm they just going to do it 157 more times. For good measure. Because you, you know, you just, you just never know what could happen. Um, it's also crazy that the house is still, I don't know, I'm just always, it's just always crazy when stuff like that happens, like, even, even if it was something that happened that many years ago, like, when the house is still standing, I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah, and apparently that day, I mean, it was just like, people say that was just such a normal day, too, like, even leading up, where people were saying that he was acting strange, and missing school, and even to the point that he had gotten punished for missing school, and he just didn't care about his uh, piano lessons or anything like that anymore, even though he was a very accomplished pianist and his mother 
was a very accomplished singer, what they call back then a songstress, had sang in a professional choir. Um, and then by all of accounts, all accounts that day, he acted totally normal, went to the library after school, met his friend, gave out some Christmas cards, and then went home and killed his mother. Like, I, it just... I don't know. I, it doesn't seem like it was, it just doesn't seem planned. You know, like it doesn't seem like he was like, I'm going to do that. It just definitely, it sounds, it sounds more to me like I could have believed that, um, you know, it's possible that something triggered it. Because this definitely sounds, it, it definitely, um, something like that sounds like there was something leading up to that point. And then that day, something just snapped. Yeah, there was some kind and of that rage. Was it. There was some kind of rage in there. So it's like, what what caused the rage? Because I, I do. I, I and again, like... specifically, specifically to... His mother. Right. Which, again, is where the the crossover happens with Billy in Billy! Black Christmas. Yes. You know, even though, and again, it's, it's interesting to compare. Uh, and if we're, if we're mainly focusing just on Billy, to compare Billy to Wayne Bowden or... I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was Some nice little happy music going on. As we're talking about awful, horrible things. Horrible, horrible um, things. But yeah, it just... To have... I could see with the other murders, I could see that comparison... Because of the other women that get murdered in both movies at the hands of Billy, like, throughout the whole house. But I think that is more indicative of the urban legend yeah. that the movie's based on. I agree. I feel like... That they just elaborated more with the babysitter mm -hmm. being killed from the killer being in the house to it being a sorority house... And the killer is inside of the house and he's killing all the sorority sisters. I think that was just, I think that was more of just an elaboration more on the babysitter killer in the house, urban legend. I think that part of the story of Black Christmas was. I agree. Was specifically the sorority sisters. I agree with that too. Um, especially in the 06 version where it seems like they just threw it all together and made one big giant pile of everything that we just talked about because the first obviously the first one was more tame for obvious reasons it came out yeah. in 174 yeah it was more tame for obvious reasons but you can definitely they went from insanely fucking tame to insanely fucking unhinged <laughs> like from the 74 version to the 06 version oh that's funny so um this was an article that came, I just happened to randomly find this article that came out in 2019 um, that was written for The Telegraph that Nick Mancuso, who played Billy in the 1974 
uh, Black Christmas. He actually maintained a website named after Mancuso's killer character. It's mebilly.com. It's me. Hi, Billy. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. That's, that's pure dedication. Um, at the time that he was interviewed for the article, he was 71 years old. Um, he's starting to, uh, he said over time he started to appreciate the character even more. Um, he said Black Christmas was every bit as weird and disturbing as it surely was when it was unleashed uh, 45 years ago at the time. Um, despite the fact that he never appears in front of the cameras, didn't meet the rest of the cast, and wasn't even credited in the initial release, the real star, though, is Mancuso. He is the voice of the aforementioned Billy, the violent stalker who targets a university sorority house escalating from crank calls to a bloody rampage. The character is a sort of prototype of the call a killer taunting Drew Barrymore in Wes Craven's Scream. I like that. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of cool. Also, I believe, and we've talked about this, I think, wasn't Black Christmas the first POV type of movie? Where it actually showed the uh, killer's point of view. Yeah, I know that was a big, you know, because you can't, you can't go by, um, Halloween obviously did that later. But, right. Um, yeah, that was one of the first times because you had, I mean, it was really, what, what Halloween ended up perfecting and kind of revolutionizing with the POV shot was the way that they were actually able to build this whole system of it being just of this like crane system being just on the cameraman. So the cameraman was able to free move um, the camera as the, as Michael in Halloween, whereas um, I think Nick essentially had to hold the camera the way it was shot in black Christmas. So it was still like, even though that was one of the first ones that did the POV shot it was Halloween that sort of perfected more of the way that um, the camera was mounted, rather. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, that was one of the first times, and that's insane, that it was actually shot like that to... Especially a movie like that. Oh, wait, I'm trying to think. Now, Maniac, when did that one come out? Because that was another... That was... Um, That was one that was uh, POV. I haven't seen that. That was 1980. I was going to say, I haven't seen that one. I cannot. That was 1980. Okay, so see, all of these were after. All of these were after. All they these definitely... ones that I'm thinking of. Because I know Maniac did, Halloween did. Um, but this was the, yeah. You can this definitely was all before see that. the things that... Th that slashers took from black christmas and went on their own with them like you just said like halloween and stuff you can definitely see the, the little things that it took i mean even fucking when a stranger calls the actual story itself was about how the babysitter took the kids but in the movie he actually is going after the babysitter which was a different take but it was always scarier oh, yeah, to me. Oh, that's true. 
<clears throat> yeah, because it's like, have you checked the children? She goes up, the children are there. Have you checked the children? She goes up, the children are there. And then, like, the third time, the, ch the kids are gone. But in the movie, he's actually after the babysitter. Which, to me, honestly, I feel like makes more sense. But, what do I know? Yeah, so Nick Mancuso says right here that Black Christmas was inspired loosely by the by a series of murders in the Westmont neighborhood of Montreal because the movie itself was actually shot the original one was shot in Toronto in 1943 this one says 43 in which a 14 year old boy which was George Webster bludgeoned to death several family members um well actually it was only his mother and then uh mixed in with the babysitter and the man upstairs urban legend where uh, a babysitter is taunted by a caller only for it to be revealed that he is inside the house all along. So yeah, it's a, it's it was confirmed by Billy himself that it is a mixture of the two. And like I said, I think specifically Billy's story being more so George's backstory because I'm really fixated on the mother thing. I really wish, um, and guys, I did a lot of research for this. I looked, I looked up as many articles as I could about George Webster and the 1943 murder. Um, I, I keep seeing 43, 44 around that time. I looked up everything. I linked to the original article that Casper read were two articles but those only showed old articles from 1944 at the time. And one of those was the one that I read to you guys. Um, but that was it. There was nothing else I could find specifically about George's backstory, except that all of a sudden he just changed and was acting different. And then before you knew it, he goes home it really like just, any other normal day and just snaps and kills his mother. It really does genuinely, like I was saying earlier, it really does make you genuinely wonder what was going on behind the scenes of that. Yeah. Because for him to just change, like even ever so slightly over time, you know something's going on. So yeah. Something's happening. That just, that is just, that is extremely, and, and again, I'm so sorry that I wasn't able to provide more information. I looked everywhere I could. To try to find more information but that's just i think that's just going to be one of those one one of those just unanswered things because nobody's alive to tell the tale now especially the mother as to what actually happened that day and what made george snap i mean in the 2006 version we know what made billy snap and let's hope and pray that it's not really going to i really george. hope that's not what what happened <laughs> uh no we'll keep uh, that fictional ew so yeah um that is all i had for tonight i hope you guys enjoyed that i was really interested about talking about this because i don't even think we touched on it with the episode that we did specifically about the movies i think just because we had so much to compound in that episode because we were literally doing doing a comparison of three movies <laughs> right um so i think we just focused more on the movies themselves rather than any of the any of them being based on a true story. I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't even think I knew it was based on a true I didn't story either. until you. And and the whole when a stranger calls thing that obviously I was like, well, that's when a stranger calls. But now I'm seeing the parallels between. Right, just expanded more on it. Right, which is great. Which was a great, you know, is an incredible premise because, to this day, the 1974 Black Christmas is a huge horror fan favorite, and the 2006 version, but. 
Um, for different reasons for both. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But both of them equally just as good. Mm-hmm. I mean, for their for their time, mm-hmm. for their and you know, and you can still see and there's and there's the the homages like having one of the original characters from the 1974 one be the um, sorority mother. Um, there were even characters that were similar had their similar counterparts to the original 19... Like that girl that got drunk, mm-hmm. that took a shower in the bathroom, whatever. Like, that that reminded me of Margot Kidder's yep. character. Um, the... Oh, I this reminded... This was... This jogged my memory again, watching both of them again back-to-back. The, um, the unicorn figurine. Yeah. Yep. That was another thing hearkening... Again, going back to Margot Kidder, that was another thing hearkening back. So there were a lot... Of really great comparisons to the. I to, feel to like both. the reason they're, why they're the great o- counterparts to each other. Oh you know yeah, you guys, feel, you know how you you know you guys know how we feel about remakes. Some you know when they nail them, they nail them. When they don't, they don't. It never seems to go one way or the other. I feel like the 06 remake is one hundred percent an absolute hit. I right. I think that they did it. That is how you do a remake. Yeah. Um, the 2019 one was exactly what's wrong with remakes. Mm-hmm. Um, the story was completely different. You try to make your own story and just slap call the it name something on it. different. Like, just, that movie could have been its own. Like, okay, horrible, tragic thing happens to this girl, hates men, gets revenge. Men how, suck. Whatever. How many um, fucking <laughs> horror movies are out there like that? But it's different because it's sorority girls. It's like you're taking a rape revenge film and a uh, and Black Christmas and putting it together and making it your own thing. And that's okay. Just don't call it Black Christmas. Wow. <laughs> it's like how Megan was supposed to be the remake of Chucky. Megan was what that was supposed to Megan be. Megan was what Child's Play with that, whatever that was. 2019 was a terrible year for remakes, apparently. Uh. How about do something different? Yeah, I'm, I'm about, I love that they're still throwing around stuff about Scream 7. I'm like, can it? Don't do it. Just leave it. Just leave it. There's just, there are some series that need to just end. We don't need to elaborate on them anymore. We don't need any more movies. We don't need any more backstories. We don't need any more remakes. We don't need any more reboots. We don't need any more prequels. We don't need any, we don't, we don't, we don't, we really don't need them. We need original ideas. We need original stories. Um, and we've had them. We, we've been getting some. I don't want to say, you know, I, I was, there were some really great picks in 2023 as far as horror films that were, um, and I'll leave off, even though I loved it, I'll leave off Saw X because that's just a continuation of the series. But uh, ones that, and I and apparently they're making another one, <laughs> which I'm, we're gonna watch it. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll pay. I'll pay. To we're see going it. to watch it, but we're both like, you could not. You could still not do this, and <laughs> we wouldn't be unhappy either. Like, I mean, we didn't ask for it. We really didn't ask for this. Nobody's asking for this. Um, yeah, because at that point you're just like, okay, well, this is money driven. Because Saw X did so great. Now they're like, oh, let's make more money. Um, Saw X was great because it was written great. Because see, now this I is making... that. 
Because now this makes me think that it's not going to be as much for fans as it's going to be. Let's just make another movie for money. money because yeah. this one made more money. And that's when you lose the fans. That's when the fans are like, okay, we're done. No more of this. We're out. We don't, we're, we're good. I think that's one of the reasons why, and I had just watched this movie for the first time last night, even though it came out, I think it was 2021 it came out. Anyway, the movie X. What a fucking original concept. Mm-hmm. I have not seen a horror movie. I've seen horror movie. It had very, very Texas Chainsaw Massacre feels. It did. Obviously, because number one, it was set in the 70s, and number two, it was set in Texas and bumfuck nowhere. But, like... <laughs> oh, it was 2022. Oh, it was 2022? You want to know why, though? I'll, I'll tell you why. It did. Ty West. It's because of Ty West. Ty West... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a bit of a Ty West rant here really quick. Ty, Re- Ty West, I feel like, is finally starting to get the recognition that he what truly else he directed? deserved. Oh, uh, House of the Devil. The oh, he directed that? House of the Devil. The Innkeepers and the Sacrament, which I all thought were incredible. The Innkeepers is absolutely, oh my god, that's such an underrated movie. In the House of the Devil is so good. It, it is. took me completely by surprise with how it was shot, with how it felt, with what it was about, with how it ended. The Innkeepers is amazing. And really, it's a slow burn, but it's really creepy. And so again, of one, of those, one of those does not get does not get the recognition it deserves. And the sacrament, the sacrament. I mean, okay, we all know what it's based on, but it was so gratifying, and it was mm-hmm. really good, and it was, and it it creeped me out, and it stayed with me, and it just made me like. It it stayed with you. Like, yeah, I just, yeah, I just had to give it up to Ty West really quick. I just, I had to give this man his recognitions because I just, I really do. I just feel like those movies um, just didn't get the recognition that they deserved. And now all of a sudden he's, he's starting to get it with X and Pearl and Maxine. He's finally getting it. Fucking House of the Devil, I'm like you. That movie took me... It was such a slow burn, but goddamn, does it pay off. That is such a good movie. Oh, apparently he directed an episode of uh, the Screen Television series. Nice! So, there you go. Fucking nice. Oh, wow. He, uh... He worked on... Oh, he was supposed to direct The Haunting in Connecticut. Mm. We will be talking about that one as well. That is going to be coming up as one of our, uh true life versus the movie episodes because that was another um case that ed and lorraine warren were involved i've i've been wanting to talk about the haunting in connecticut for a while that was a movie i really i really liked wasn't great but i liked it i was gonna say i'm giving it another chance i did not like it the first time i saw it but it's been but fuck years so i will i liked the the old school i got really heavily into the old school uh when i when i was really like this a thousand years ago when i really got into learning about harry houdini and um 
how not only him be you know obviously everybody knows him for the magician part as gay artist whatnot but how like and especially in his latter years did everything he could to debunk spiritualist because mm-hmm. that was such a huge huge thing back then that was scamming the fuck out of people and one of them was the way they did these like fake ectoplasms and like mm-hmm. the way they would come up with these things and the way that they did that in the haunting of connecticut i really appreciated and i think that only somebody that knows about that could appreciate it the way that i did um yeah and just anything creepy about using dead bodies for ritualistic means is just oh yeah creepy it's just all uh also it has um oh my god what's his name in it that i'm kind of like low-key obsessed with and he just like randomly pops up in horror films all the time oh yeah kyle gowner why am i like random oh yeah him him? he's like because he's the haunting of connecticut jennifer's body he was just in smile and yeah like he he does he randomly pops up out of nowhere he just does and i'm just i'm just like oh hi he's the male like, sarah paulson you he, just randomly listen. see him in, in random shit and i'm not mad at all like he's one of those people i'd be like oh he's in it okay I'll watch like it. cool exactly 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 wasn't he in halloween ends too yes he was, uh, yes, he was. Girl. I thought that was, I was like, wait a minute. This Smoking he- the sick. Stop. Oh my fucking God. Yeah, he was. See what I'm saying? Kyle, just keep, just keep just randomly keep popping being up random. things. Just please, please do that. We appreciate it, sir. Yes. Um, all right, guys. So real quick, next week, we will be talking about, um, you know, we always got to throw some kind of Christmas themed murder in there for you. We got to we got to throw in something Christmas and horror, either scaring you or murder. We got to do something. Christmas isn't all merry and bright over here when we're talking about sometimes it's murdery and stabby. Yeah, it really is. Um, so this one though actually takes place in 1881. It happened in Ashland, Kentucky. Shout out to a friend of the show, Carl, who lives in Ashland. Um, This was a Christmas murder tragedy. Um, And it was also one of the first legal hangings done in that city. Um, Yeah, basically where an entire family is murdered um it's always interesting when we get to talk about things like this because i think that like true crime in a lot of instances can be so linear where we always seem to speak of it in more modern times and when i say modern 40 years ago is modern you know, when we're talking about Bundy mm-hmm. and Gacy and Dahmer and all these things that happened in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, you know, 40, 30, 20, or 50, 40, 30 years ago is not that long ago. Those would be considered more modern day murders. So I think I think it kind of takes people out of it when you're like, when you start talking about, you know, like, yeah, there were serial killers in the 1800s and the 1900s and the turn of the century. Most definitely a lot of uh, you think there's unsolved murders 50 years ago let's try 200 years ago when you really could just 
slit somebody's throat and jump on your horse and take off and that's it. Like there was right. no, like there was nothing. Nothing. Um, you know, like lit literally whole families could be massacred and that's it. And there's no, I mean, you got nothing. There's no computer. There's no DNA. There's your, there's no fingerprints. There's no, nope. you're in your infancy of all of that. There's nothing unless there's literally an eyewitness to see what happens. These murders forever go unsolved and the memories of these victims are lost forever. So, um, I just, I just always find it interesting. I always like when I come across articles like this, cause I really, I really do. I think it sort of takes people out of it when they don't, when they don't look at it that way, when, when you can just look at it as when, when it's almost as if serial murders or that type of thing is more of a modern day occurrence within the last, within our parents' grandparents' lifetime. But it's like, no. These there's people just, have been around forever. There's just media now <laughs> yeah, that basically can cover that's, it. That's, yeah, yeah. Technology just made it easier for them. And to, harder for them to get to away no with it. To no longer get away with it and now get caught and be prosecuted and go to prison. So there you go. Exactly. Yep, so that's what we will be talking I mean, about shit, week, guys. The very first murder shit pictures taken of anything was fucking H.H. H. Holmes. That was 1900s, bro. I thought that was Jack the Ripper. Was it Jack or Jack the Ripper. Ripper. I'm yeah, sorry, Jack yeah, Jack the Ripper. And, and then, then the Bordens. And then, and then, and then yeah. so, like, yeah, that's late 1800s. They didn't have, like, they weren't like, well, let me just swallow this DNA. Like, no, they didn't have that. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm excited to talk about this next week. It'll be interesting. Something different. All right, guys. Well, of course, you know, we have the socials at Instagram, X, and Facebook, all at DFWTO Podcast. Handle is DFWTO8411. Or if you have any questions, concerns, want to say hey, or email us um, some podcast topics, you can at uh, DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. And then lastly, follow us, subscribe, leave a rating on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. We can take it, of course, always. Um, and, of course, you guys, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. By the time we're back next week, Christmas will be over. Yeah. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. Christmas. And um, no, sincerely, guys, have a happy holidays, whatever you celebrate, Hanukkah, Christmas, happy Christmas Kwanzaa, whatever happy it is. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Yule. <laughs> and Yule, yes. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Yule. <laughs> Yule. Um, I like that. That's yeah. what I should say to people. Just Merry, ha- Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Yule. Yeah, we've covered, okay, so nobody's offended. We've covered all bases. All of them. There you go. There's still a ton of cake. Christ, that is... <sighs> you know what's really funny? I just, I laugh that? so hard. And I know I joked about it earlier, but that just, that gets me every time when people are like, it's baby Jesus's birthday. And I'm like, it's really not. But what? that's okay. <laughs> what's so funny to me is I want to Not go, that I don't love the baby Jesus. <laughs> you celebrate a holiday for a man who was Jewish. Oh, who would celebrate Hanukkah? Don't do that. You're going to make their feeble little brains explode. But you, he heads. wouldn't even celebrate Christmas. You do understand. Hello? 
in <laughs> all of your Christmas practices you stole from pagan traditions. But definitely don't talk about that either. Are you going to fucking tell me that Jesus didn't have a Christmas... I can't even say it with a straight you're face. You're going to make them explode. Are you going to fucking tell me that Jesus didn't have a Christmas tree at his stable? There was no right pine tree next to the manger. With a pentagram on top with of it? With the little drummer boy underneath. Where did the little drummer boy come in? Listen, I'm not mad at the song, but I've just <laughs> always had this gripe with, like, where did he come from? He's not in the Bible. Maybe they just need an idea and for a song. And you had frankincense, myrrh, and gold. What do we need this drummer for? The baby is trying to sleep. Mary is not. You know what the little drummer boy is? The little drummer boy <laughs> was the very first, let's give, a, let's give a kid the loudest fucking Christmas gift ever. Fuck the little drummer boy, okay? As, as for all mothers, and I'm not even a mother, but like for the mothers, we hate the little drummer boy. Again, not hating on the song, because I love it. I, saw I it. love the song. But like, I just, it's like, you're not, if you if you really want to talk about the Christmas story, like where he jumps in, that's all I think about is like, he was the original giving the kid the loud gift. Because parents saw... hate you. Parents hate oh, yeah. you when you give their child the gift that's going to make the loudest noise possible. If it takes batteries, the batteries are gone. I'm sorry, it doesn't work. <laughs> it are, doesn't work anymore. There are no batteries left. There's no batteries. All the batteries in the world are gone. I don't... <laughs> they're all... I saw this TikTok today that made me <laughs> fucking die. This guy goes, Mary, did you know? She did. She did. Gabriel Dunn, Gabriel Dunn told her. I saw... I don't know what she... She knew. Gabriel told her. Mary definitely knew. And Joseph knew. And so did everybody else. I don't know who she thought she was fooling. Girl, stop. <laughs> All the way. <laughs> I swear. Full stop. Out of here. Those were the funniest. You look back at those songs and you're just like, excuse me, what? I do. I listen to songs. What? Some of the Christmas songs that, you know, now that I'm healing from religious trauma and oh, I'm actually the, going back to listening to them, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I stick, I stick with my rocket around the Christmas. And my dumbass, with those. my dumbass, like those. fucking cannibalistic self is trying to understand so tender and mild. What do you mean Jesus was tender and mild? Are you eating him? Like a nice flank. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have that rare, please. Thank you. A nice pork chop. Tender and mild. <laughs> well, you know, Jesus is the lamb. <laughs> oh, no. Lamb chops are good, too. <laughs> they are, though. They are tender and mild. <laughs> Sleep in heavenly peace. Also, why did I why did I literally think for the longest time they were saying holy infant so tender? Is that what they're saying? That's what they're in, saying, holy infant, infant so tender. So tender. Oh yeah, okay, so now I get it. That's creepy. And my thing was That oh, is totally creepy. What was that? Because not only think? is it cannibalism, it's it's eating a baby. This is this is giving this is giving some QAnon stuff over here. It's giving It's giving <laughs> adrenochrome. It's giving <laughs> And I forget what I used to think round young virgin virgin was. Crowned. No, well, it's round. Round young virgin. But also, you put, what is round? You put grounded young virgins. No, it's just on the infant and on the tender 
and mild infant. <laughs> Silent night is not. I'm the sorry, thing. I'm still ungrounded. I know you didn't say that, but I'm like, you ground them up for the seeds for the mild seasoning. Well, nobody they, is ever going to listen to Silent Night the same again after this. That's fine. You're welcome. Also, it's not a good song. Just um, stop. <laughs> the song that says um, "Ex Chelsea's Deo." I always say "Eggshells." You're welcome for that. And eggshells. <laughs> and eggshells sees. Deo. Deo. <laughs> You definitely hear Christmas songs different as an adult. That's for fucking oh, sure. No, well, you named all the religion, all the religious ones. I stopped. I stopped listening to all of those when I did not have to listen to them anymore. Oh, I don't mind them. I don't. I I don't mind them at all. To be honest, it's just funny when you listen to them now. They're different. Oh, now you now you got me over here. Like, oh, that's hilarious. Now I just want to listen to it so I could. <clears throat> it's like watching Twilight. When you watch it as a comedy, it's completely different. When you listen to these songs as fucking nice, tender, and mild planks, it's completely different. <laughs> Sleep in heavenly peace. Oh my god. You know what got oh, me the so other day funny. was Miley Cyrus on the radio, Miley Cyrus doing uh Do They Know It's Christmas Time? That popped yeah, that's on one of I was my like, Spotify Christmas playlists. This doesn't match for me. I don't like it. There are some artists that covered certain Christmas songs that just Shouldn't. you should not have. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, and that was one of them. Like, it's not, this is not working for me. No. Nope. Sorry. I think Adina Menzel, I love her. Adele Dazeem. But her Christmas album, honestly, is like sticking a fucking screwdriver into my head. You know who's, and I, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but I would say probably the only two modern day artists Christmas albums I love. And I don't really like them. I don't hate them, but I wouldn't like normally listen to their stuff. But like their Christmas albums, Michael Buble and Josh Groban. I will... Add another one to that list and say Celine Dion. Thank you. Okay. I forgot one. Sorry, mom. I forgot one. <laughs> Celine Dion's yes. Christmas album is fucking fire. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I do 1, have to say. thousand percent. I agree. Adina Menzel's River. Her version of River. Love it. Um, her version of Baby It's Cold Outside with Michael Bublé is actually yes, my favorite. That is my favorite. That is my favorite one. And then Kelly That's Clarkson. I like some of her stuff. Sometimes she goes a little too hard and it's like, reel it in. This is this is she's 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 throwing the Kelly Clarkson on. You're <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> us us OG Kelly Clarkson fans know. Oh, she's, yeah. throwing, she's throwing the she's Kelly throwing, Clarkson oh, bank sure. on it. She's she really on is it. though. But like I I hate Mariah Carey's Christmas album. And I just feel like, honestly, it's because... Any of us that worked in retail, <laughs> my age, if you're if you're an elder millennial, or even, you don't even be an elder millennial, if you just worked any retail when that song came out, that song just has a, it, it has like a, it, it's an, it's an eye twitch. 
It's <clears throat> it's a hemorrhoid. <clears throat> Sir, I want to buy these shoes. That song as well. All the okay. Christian moms are like, I didn't. Okay, let me tell you something. <laughs> that TikTok popped up of the guy in Walmart doing that. I didn't know what the fuck that song was. You'd never heard I that song? No, 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 no. I wasn't on that side, remember? So I had to look up. I was like, <laughs> so I got to experience in real time for the first time ever that song. And I went, what in the Christian mother is this? What they made a movie. Is... <laughs> no. They made a movie called Christmas Shoes. <laughs> Are they baby Jesus' shoes? No, I'm just kidding. I know, I know. It's the... <laughs> he says, sir, I want to buy these so... shoes for my mama. And it's toddler's shoes. Oh mm. my God. It's not even like... And I guess it's supposed to be sad, but I'm I'm sure like if I heard it, I, I'm sure if I would have heard it for the first time a, a thousand years ago when it first came out, I would have thought it was sad. But me, I'm like, this is all, this is the only reference I have is the Walmart right. thing. I have no reference. Like, what is the song? And I'm listening to it and I'm like, this is another one of those things that is not in any way, shape or form that's supposed to be funny. But I am dying right now. I laughed so I, hard. Honestly, if I sit and really listen yeah, to that a song, couple days it ago, will make me cry. That was but me. I won't I just refuse to listen to it. But really quick before we do go, um since we're listening, We're just giving you some Christmas fav Christmas song favorites. Top I'm five. sure some of you hate Christmas music, but it's only appropriate when it's appropriate. If you play right. it in September, I'm going to skin you alive. Yes. Um, um yes. top five favorite Christmas albums ever. We already listed three of them. Uh Josh Groban, Michael Bublé, and Celine Dion. My top, 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 top favorite is the Carpenters. Which I don't know if you guys even know what the fuck I just said, but mm -hmm. Karen Carpenter, that Christmas album is literally fire. Get into it. Oh my god. And her voice is amazing. And then, yes. surprisingly, my fifth favorite is the Charlie Brown Christmas album. Ma'am, stop playing with me. <laughs> it's everything is nostalgic. It's all nostalgic as fuck. In the, I will turn that on in the morning while I'm making my coffee, and it just it hits. It hits so hard. I got the. I got the peppermint fucking creamer in there. Too. I mean, it's like, oh, it hits a part of my also. Or just, just a little grinds my gears. The fact that I can't fucking watch those anymore because Apple owns them and I refuse. Like, I'm not. Oh, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I can't watch Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and Charlie Brown Christmas and it's a great film. I can't watch any of them anymore because you have to have the fucking Apple TV. Yeah. Yeah. I almost said ITV. I don't even know. Like that's what it should be called. Yeah, they're ridiculous. I'm not paying for another. I'm not. I'm no, not doing it. I'm but fucking, yeah, I just that one. Disney, you so. just named all the top five. Yes. So we've given and then, you ones to listen to. One more. Just one more. Actually, two. I'm sorry. Um, it used to be cassette tapes, but it's called The Treasury of Christmas. There's Volume One and Volume Two. Love those. Very old. Okay. Old uh, music. And then. 
Lastly, Mannheim Steamroller. Oh, of course. I know if you guys have ever heard of TSO, no one in this world has never heard of TSO. Like, get get with the program. Mannheim Steamroller is a more calm version of that. And they're Trans-Siberian Orchestra, in case anybody out there is like, what? And they're actually more English. So they have a lot of the English Christmas songs, and they sound more English. I actually really like that. I really, really, really like that. Oh, that, yeah, that one is another one I left off. That goes without saying. Those are the, those are the shit. And it's the Mannheim Steamroller album with the Christmas tree and the train underneath, specifically. That album. I don't remember what it's called, but anyways. There's just some Christmas music to listen to that's actually pretty damn good. Instead of the radio who plays the same five songs every Yeah, no. Get on Spotify. Spotify has some really incredible Christmas playlists that list from genre. So, I mean, you can find your old classics. You can find Christmas trap versions, music. Trap music, pop music, <laughs> j- you know, e- everything. Everything. There are some incredible... Spotify is, is no pun intended, spot on with with that as far as the... Yeah, their Christmas <laughs> their Christmas playlists are really, really good. This is the time... This is, this is when I'm really... It's like those couple of days before Christmas when I'm when I'm in the thicket of Christmas music. I am just very glad that they do the wrapped before December. Oh yeah, my because God. my top artist would be Bing Crosby would, and Andy yeah, Williams. It would be, and, yeah, it would be. Oh, Bing Crosby heavy. Because Andy his, Williams heavy too, and Perry Como actually. Bing Crosby and David Bowie's Little Drummer Boy oh. and Peace on Earth. Hmm. It's like magic. It's like Christmas. David Bowie magic. is magic. Is. Is. Magic. Not was. Is. Is. Anyway. <laughs> so you guys, now that we've went off on a Christmas music tangent, um, I already announced everything else. So I think we are good to go. All the socials. Follow us. Subscribe. Leave Check ratings. out our merch. And again, sorry, we, merch. we can't do a promo, but we are literally giving you the cheapest prices we possibly can. you were can. able to get some for some Christmas gifts for your loved ones this year. And we just thank you guys again for yes. another year of support. And again, happy holidays to everybody. We, we are about to it. hit our five year anniversary with this podcast. Holy What the fuck? <laughs> Anyways, all right, guys, we love you so much. Again, happy holidays. Have a wonderful week. And remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with the original. original. I surprised you with that. I, I you said, you. what the fuck? I was like, I don't know. Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. Bye.